Welcome to Rebuilding. This podcast is designed to help the church rebuild its walls one person at a time. For more information, check us out at www.piercepoint.org. So this morning, we are starting off setting the table for for a series called Equipping the Saints. This is so vitally important, church, because this is what we're called to do. We are called to equip the saints of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 says this, and I want to walk you through it, and then we're going to explain all of this. It says, and he, this is God, God gave some as apostles, Barney, turn that down. He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the first, the first thing that we need to see about this series, the first thing that we need to do in setting the table for this is making sure you understand that God has given leaders for a specific purpose. They have a role to play inside of the church, but, but it's vital that you understand and you hear this. Because a person is a leader doesn't make them more elite as a Christian. It doesn't make them more special. It doesn't, it might, it might constitute more training. It might constitute, it might be about they, they've spent a little more time walking with Jesus, but it doesn't talk about their place before God. They're not more special. So all the leaders, all the people that serve you on a regular basis, we're not a people claiming to be better than, okay? So that's a very, the, a first order idea inside of this. It's, it's often that we read this kind of thing and we say, well, God gave to the church these gifts of apostle and prophet and evangelist and pastor and teacher. And, and the truth is that it's, it's simply a, a job that God has called certain people to for a certain purpose. And now we need to talk about what that purpose is, okay? So he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for, here it is, for the equipping of the saints. Now you're going to hear a couple things over and over today, and I'm going to just start with the first one and go to the second one and go to the third one, and then we'll come back to the passage of Scripture. The very first thing that you're going to hear a lot today is that equipping means to provide you with the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in your life, okay? Equipping means providing you or providing the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in your life. This is actually the job of the pastor and teacher. This is the job of the leader in church, to give you the tools necessary so that the kingdom of God can be brought to bear inside of your life. The second thing that I want you to understand, it's a principle, and it's really important for us all to get, is this. The kingdom of God touches every aspect of your life, including the breakfast table. Listen to me clearly, church. The kingdom of God touches every aspect of your life, including the breakfast table. It is not just reserved for church on Sunday morning. Amen? This is vital and and important for all of us because what often happens is we feel like if we're supposed to do anything for God, we need to plug in at the church to do it. And listen, we need you to plug in at the church to do things. That's awesome. We want you to plug in at the church to do things. But the kingdom of God touches every aspect of your life. So the first thing, equipping means to give you the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear. The second thing is the kingdom of God touches every aspect of your life. And the third principle is this. This is so important. If we don't love each other, you can add that in there, but if we don't love each other enough to serve, say it with me, church, we don't love. 
If we don't love each other enough to serve, the truth is we don't love. This is an amazing principle. I really wish I was the guy who came up with it. I wasn't, but I'll give it to you free of charge. Plagiarism, it's the greatest form of flattery, right? So it, this is amazing. This is amazing. The Christian life, listen to me clearly. If you don't hear anything else I say, I'm good with you just hearing this. The Christian life is a race. How many of you know that? It's a race. The Christian life is a race. Here's what you didn't know. It's a race to the back of the line. The Christian life is a race to the back of the line. We are called to be a serving people. Scripture tells us that the first, they're going to be last. But then he tells us something bold. He says that the last will be first in his kingdom. Guys, if we don't love each other enough to serve, then the truth is we don't love each other. Every morning at the breakfast table, Sarah and I serve our family. And that's only because our six-year-old can't cook yet. But we serve our family because we love our family, right? And the truth is the church, the leaders of this church, wanted to do this for you. They wanted to invite you to the breakfast table so that we could serve you. Why? Because we want you to know profoundly that we love you. We want you to know that profoundly. Now listen, I know what some of you are thinking. Great, breakfast is cool and all that other stuff. But I got issues in life. I got situations and circumstances. I need deep, deep help being equipped for the work of the kingdom. If what you say is true and the kingdom hits every aspect of my life, then I need some serious help bringing that kingdom to bear. In other words, your cry is, I don't just need breakfast, Nathan. What I need is I need the tools necessary. Okay? Because... Guess what else the scripture says? It says that you are the one to do the works of service. So back to Ephesians 4. Look at what it says. It's very cool. It says, God gave, the previous verse, God gave some to be apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. For what? For the equipping of the saints. For, say it with me, church, works of service. Who, who does that? Who does the works of service? You do. Why? Because you are these guys. Not the football team, but you guys are these guys, right? So you're the saints. You are the people of God. And so the responsibility of leadership is to come to you, is to get with you, is to spend time with you, and give you the tools necessary, because this is what equipping is, give you the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in your life. Because the kingdom touches every aspect of your life. And we're to teach you to serve, because if we don't love people enough to serve, then the truth is, church, we don't love them. So he goes on. He says, the saints for the works of service to the building up of the body. The Christian life is a race to the back of the line. The last are going to be first in the kingdom of God. That's what God has established. So it's really important that we understand that in service, hear me church, in service, not in church service, but in the service to the kingdom of God, we actually grow up. How many of you know that? How many of you were experts at your job the first day you started? How many of you have gotten really far after years of service? You've gotten really far. There are things that you know that the new guy is not going to know because you have spent that time. Because the truth is, you grow and you mature and you become better over time. Amen? This is really important. So God gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for a purpose. That is to equip the saints, to provide them with the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in their life. Uh, to equip the saints for the work of service. That's what we're all called to do. To the building up of the body of Christ. Because we grow up when we serve. 
We grow up when we serve. Again, we grow up when we serve. It's really important. Now, there's, a, there's an end to this, or there's a timetable in this, and I think it's beautiful. Look at what the next passage says, verse 13. Verse 13 says this, until, all that stuff that we just talked about needs to happen until something takes place. Until we all attain to the, say it with me, church, unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. I heard a pastor say this not too long ago. It was really awesome. He says, listen, if I can be called a bride, you can be called a man, women. So just deal with it, okay? So you're not catching it, but it's really awesome. The Bible mixes us up a lot. It's really cool. So the idea is to be a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. You guys should take a deep breath and realize the maturity to which God calls us is that of his only son. Uh-oh, that's a huge level, isn't it, church? That's a huge step. But God has called us to this kind of level. So, just so you, you know what's going on, God has given to the church certain leaders for a purpose. They are to equip, what is equip? To, bring, to give you the tools necessary to bring about the kingdom of God, to bring it to bear in your life, okay? Because what? The kingdom touches every aspect of your life. It's really important. So that you will be equipped to do what? Serve in the kingdom of God. You are to serve in the kingdom of God. And then we're going to do this and we're going to build up the body of Christ until when? Until we reach unity, church. Until we reach unity, until we reach the full knowledge of Jesus, which is a full level of maturity. Show of hands, how many of you think the church is united? That's what I thought. doesn't take somebody two weeks giving their life to Jesus, getting saved, to understand that the church is not actually united. But here's another really important thing that I've learned in my life. We cannot hope, okay, listen to me. We cannot hope to arrive at the goals that God has set, unity in the faith, maturity of Christ Jesus. We cannot hope to arrive at the goals that God has set for the church if we refuse to do what God prescribed. If we live in rebellion and say, we're just not going to do it your way, God, we're never going to get to the thing that he tells us we're going to get to. Did you know this, church? It's really important. God has told us that he has given leaders, follow the order, guys, he has given the leaders to equip the saints so that we can all do the works of service. But what have I shared with you in times past that we've done? We've gotten the order wrong. So here's what we've done. We've made it so we have a collection of saints that pay pastors, hear me clearly, a collection of saints that pay pastors to do church work. Guess what will never happen living in that rebellion? We will never be unified, which is why we're not unified, and we will never grow to maturity. That's why we're not growing to maturity. Guys, we have to recapture the order. We have to realize we all play a part. Can you say that with me? We all play a part. This is not Nathan's job to do, okay? This is our job to do. That includes me, but it also welcomes you to the table. It welcomes you to this. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what it means for you to be equipped, what it means for us as leaders to do our job 
and to equip you. And then how it's going to play out as we move forward in unity and maturity and life and growth and all the things that God's word says. Does that sound like a good thing to you? So let's go over those three points again. Let's go over those three things. The first one, equipping means providing the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in your life. Will you say that with me? Equipping means providing the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in your life. The second principle is this. The kingdom of God touches every aspect of your life. Say that with me. The kingdom of God touches every aspect of your life. And of course, we can all personalize this and say, my life. Third principle, here it is. If we don't love enough to serve, we don't love. Say that with me, church. If we don't love enough to serve, we don't love. It's a race to the back of the line. So let me give you a little bit of an illustration. If this box represents your life, if this box represents your life, every one of us has a life, right? I mean, some of us, like, my wife doesn't feel she has a life all the time. You know, she's a mom, and she's like... This is awful. Anyway, no, she loves it, okay? So this is your life. And in your life, you fill your life with all of the things or your life comes pre-filled with all the things that God has wired you for, all the things that you are good at or, or that come natural to you, okay? And the challenge in the church is that we have a life filled with things, but our interpretation of equipping the saints comes back to an old translation that says it's for the work of ministry. That word ministry throws us off. And what we often think is, I've not got anything to offer. Why? Because it's church work, and I'm not going into church work. Hallelujah. Right? I'm not going into church work. I don't want to do that. And so sadly, many people, and I'll ask for a show of hands here in a second, many people feel like they have absolutely no part to play in ushering in the kingdom of God. How many of you would say, at some point in your life, you felt like, I feel like I have no part to play in the kingdom of God. I can say that. Before I was in ministry, I felt that way. It's really hard. But when we understand, listen church, when we understand that the kingdom affects every aspect of our life, it touches every part of our life, and that service is our call, we will understand that everything we do, everything within our life actually has something to do with the kingdom of God. And this is important. So let's say you're a creative person, right? And this is my daughter's ukulele okay? Or ukulele is some snobs like to call it. Anyway, so this is, this is my daughter's ukulele. It's completely out of tune, and no, I'm not going to sing you a song, okay? So, but here's, here's the deal. Let's say that your gift, let's say that the thing that God has, has poured out on you is that you're artistic. You're artistic. Sadly, in the kind of modern method of the church, the modern way that the church operates, here's what we say. As long as you have an artistic gift that is music and you're willing to join a worship team, then great, we can use you. Other than that, keep it quiet and go home. Right? So you're like, so you say something like this. You, you go, I am an artistic person. I craft very fine pieces of wood. That would be Dave McCarthy, okay? And so, so I, I craft these really fine pieces of wood. I, I do some fun stuff. Ryan Syvertson's another example of this. I do these fun things. Well, what's that have to do with the church? And so here's what happens. You, you put this back in the box of your life and you go, well, it's a, it's a nice hobby. But Jesus doesn't care. Jesus doesn't care. But the truth is, Jesus does care. The challenge is you need to be equipped. You need to be taught how this is brought to bear in all of life to bring about the kingdom. 
So let's say you're a songwriter. It might be somebody working beside you, discipling you and, and coaching you and showing you how you might speak of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords through the, the music that you write. It might be that. Let's say you're an you're a artist, you're a painter, you're a, you're a metal worker. I don't know. You've got all kinds of cre creative things, right? You, you look at this and you say, yeah, it's just a nice hobby. Nobody cares about it, especially God. It's not that big of a deal. God does care. He cares deeply. What he wants is he wants you to see how you can bring about that gift and that unique piece of your life to the world around you. And so what you might need is you might need a teacher. You might need a discipler. You might need a friend in the body of Christ to come beside you and say, have you ever thought about using it this way? Have you ever thought about promoting Jesus with what you do? Have you ever thought about uh, doing an art show and then, and then using that as an opportunity for evangelism? Have you ever thought about these things? Because the truth is, life, guys, your life is represented by all these things. And God tells me as a pastor, I have a responsibility to equip you so that you can bring that to bear in the world, as well as the church, okay? So how many of you like art? How many of you like art? The rest of you are weird, right? You, okay, so, so you like art. How many of you know that, how many of you like this painting that's in the lobby out here? There's a church in a snow setting. It's really cool. How many of you like, have you seen it? How many of you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so you'll be paying attention today because that, sadly, listen church, this is what happens to art. Art gets displayed and it gets forgotten about, sadly. But it's beautiful, right? That piece of painting, that painting out there, that piece of artwork was painted by my mother-in-law. And she's ridiculously good at it. And she loves to be embarrassed. So, Kathy, stand up. No, I'm, just, I'm messing with you. The point, the point, though, guys, is this, that we all have something to offer. And it is beauty. It is, it is amazing stuff. But it has an impact on the kingdom. It is a way of serving people. I'm the kind of person that aesthetic things serve me. They serve me. For something to be beautiful, it serves me because... I don't like it when everything is in disarray or in chaos. I love it when things are in order. I love it when things are beautified and, and, and made to look really good. And so that's, I think that's important. That serves me. So I thank the artists in this room. I think that's awesome, right? Maybe, maybe you have kids. If your child can do this, let me pray for them, please, okay? So... That baby's creepy. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, we need to talk about which ones we buy before we buy them. Okay, so let's say it's your kids. Let's say it's your kids. And you're like, you want to be effective for the kingdom of God, right? And it's, it's your son. It's your daughter, okay? You need the tools necessary so that you can speak into their lives. Because the model of the church now is let's take our kids, let's put them in kids' point, and let's hope Jesus rubs off on them. How many of you know that doesn't happen? No. What happens is the Dinslers rub off on them. Anyway, so, that was awesome. Anyway, sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so, so here's the point, guys. I've shared with you the numbers. 
I've shared with you the numbers many times in this church. Guys, with the hour and a half that we have your kids on a Sunday morning, we have your kids for 0.7% of their week. That means you have your children for 99.3% of your week, as long as I'm not stupid in my math, 99.3%. And guess what? With sleep and public school, you probably have your kids as much as we do. But you have a responsibility. You have a serious responsibility. The scripture says, train up your children in the way they should go, and in the end, they won't depart. And that responsibility does not say, send your kids to school to be trained up in the way they should go. It doesn't. It says, you have a responsibility. So guess what? Guess what? You need to take this seriously. But I think you all do. Just to be honest, I think you all do. I think all the parents in this room care deeply for how their children are raised. But here's what I think is really the cry of your heart. I don't have the tools necessary to do this well. I don't have the tools necessary to accomplish this. I feel like I'm falling apart every second of every day. Well, guess what you need? You need people who love you. You need people who are willing to shepherd you. You need people who are willing to care for you that will step in and listen, this goes beyond pastors. It can go into teachers. And there are many of you here that I believe have this particular anointing. But you need a teacher. You need somebody to sit beside you. And guess what the word is in the Bible? You need somebody to disciple you and show you how this works. And guess what happens when you do that? You've got the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in your children's life. And then you usher the kingdom everywhere they go. And you serve them as you do it. Isn't that a huge thing? So this is a commitment that we're making as a church. We're going we're gonna to start partnering people up. I love giving examples of this. And I'll just shoot it out there even though they didn't approve of it. Or I didn't ask them so they didn't approve it. But Scott and Sherry Springer are a perfect example of this. Scott and Sherry Springer have enough on their plate. Probably more than they want sometimes. Right? that right sometimes Scott you know Scott that's the more right they have a lot on their plates but guess what they've done they've taken couples under their wing they've taken them into their house and they've said if we can by any means help you learn how to to navigate this life of parenting if we can teach you in any way how to do this in a godly way we're more than willing to serve you we're more than willing to do this guys that's what I'm talking about that's what the church is all about, equipping us with the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear in our life. So it's your kids, it's your artwork. I say it's your work, and I had to do this because, of course, there's too many different work things. Listen, to equip you with the tools necessary to bring the kingdom to bear does not mean I am going to give you a Jesus hammer or a Holy Ghost stethoscope. It's not going to happen, okay? You guys are going to work and doing your same old, same old, but to equip you with the tools necessary is to come alongside you and talk to you about how you might defend your faith in the public sphere. How you might talk in a way where your conversation is seasoned with salt. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And so to teach you in this, one of the great examples of this is as I talk to my mom, she's a nurse at Christ Hospital. And, uh, and so this represents my mom somehow. Anyway, so, so she's a nurse at Christ. This is all nurses do, by the way. They just check your heart. That's it. Yeah, to me, that's... No. Anyway, so she's a transplant nurse. And so she coordinates with people who are on death's doorstep. Okay? Like people that if they don't have a transplant, we're not going to talk to them in another 
little bit of time, okay? And so my mom goes and serves them, and she cares for them, and she works with them. And she, she works in a strange work environment in which the hospital's name is Christ Hospital, but you're not allowed to talk about Jesus, okay? So that's dumb. Anyway, so, so you're not allowed to talk about Jesus. You're not allowed to talk about your faith. But you, you want to as a Christian, right? You want to share your faith in some way. So my mom's got this saying that she uses all the time in her work, okay? And her patients know it. They quote it. They say it back to her. Here's my mom's statement, and it helps start the conversation. This is by no means a Billy Graham sermon. It's just a start of the conversation. My mom will tell her transplant patients, she'll say, listen, here's the way we do this. You do your job, I'll do my job, and we will let God do his job. If that happens, we'll be good. My mom starts a conversation that way, okay? And those conversations have evolved into amazing things. You guys all know Adam Douglas. You, you remember Adam Douglas? He was one of her patients, and he gave his life to Christ and came to this church because that led to something powerful. But guess what? We need equipped in our workplaces. We need to know how it is that the kingdom of God touches every aspect of our life. Last thing that I'll give you is an example. This is supposed to represent your computer. Okay. Now, if this were your computer, I wouldn't worry so much about any of you. Especially not guys, because you can't get on the internet here. Okay, so anyway, this is, this is the deal. I'm not necessarily talking about the epidemic that is in our world of men, women, and young children being addicted to pornography. That's a problem, church, and we've got to fight it, and we've got to push back against this. That's not what I'm going to talk about. What I'm going to talk about is how you conduct yourself in the digital world. Some of us don't know how to respond to people without being jerks. Some of us in here don't know how to respond to people without being jerks. Some of us don't know how to handle a, 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 a forum in which we are largely unseen. We don't know how to do it, right? And so we don't look like Jesus on here. We look like a bunch of daggone heathens, okay? Or sadly, we look like the immature Christians we actually are. We need tools. We need things that help us. And God's word talks about this. The apostle Paul, in trying to equip the saints all over Ephesus and Galatia and, and all of these different churches, as the apostle Paul taught, he always did stuff like this. Hey, husbands, I want to talk to you. And then he said something. Hey, wives, I want to talk to you. Here's how you should handle yourself. What was he doing? He was equipping them and teaching them and giving them the tools necessary to conduct themselves in their life, to bring the kingdom to bear. And so maybe you're an online person. Maybe you're always on this thing. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're a, a blogger. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you're this stuff. How do you conduct yourself online? It's important. And maybe you just need the tools necessary to work through it. Maybe you need to be taught how to conduct yourself. Listen, all of us have this life. All of us have it. Show of hands in this room, how many of you have your own life? Nobody's allowed to keep their hands down right now. That's why I asked the question, right? Everybody has their own life, which means everybody has this stuff. And everybody wants this stuff to be brought to bear in the kingdom of God. Amen? So... Over the next couple of weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how to equip you. We're going to be talking about how to set you up for success for the kingdom of God. It's our commitment as a church, as pastors, to give you the tools necessary 
right? It's our commitment as a church and your commitment to us to remind each other the kingdom is brought to bear. It touches every aspect of our life. The break room at work and the pew at church. And last but not least, we are getting everybody ready to serve because if we don't love people enough to serve them, what church? We don't love them. It's just all there is to it. Thanks so much for listening to Rebuilding from Pierce Point Community Church. We hope that today's podcast will help you become a more connected part of Christ's body. Remember to check out our website at piercepoint.org for more information.